we talk about why you need to grow this afternoon. <clears throat> it's easy for me to think about this topic from the perspective of, uh, of teaching and, and talking about why you need to grow. It's pretty easy to do that, right? It's pretty easy to look to your left or your right and say, oh, yeah, I can see why that person needs to grow, and I can see where that person needs to grow. And it's a little bit more difficult to look inward and to examine our own hearts and our own lives and, and realize that wherever we're at, that we need to grow. Um, it's, been, it's been a wonderful day. Uh, it's good to see each of you. And I, I think of the opportunity that I've had the, this past year uh, to preach the Word of God in different places. This congregation has uh, been a, a big supporter of evangelism, um, and you have helped me go from place to place over the years and help to send me to, to do work in different places. And I'm grateful and thankful for that. I think that last year I may have preached the most sermons that I've preached in a single year when I went and looked back over the different places that I traveled and had opportunity to speak um, all over the place. But as I look back and, and just recently as I was looking through uh, what I might study with you this afternoon, uh, I think I may have written the fewest number of sermons that I've written in one year over the past year. So it's easy to have this mindset to say, well, I've done, I've been, I've done all this preaching and I've done all these Bible studies with people, but I've, I've had those Bible studies written for years and, I, and I've had the sermons written and I, and I may have spent a lot of time in, in presenting and delivering that material, but when I think about it, I looked at it and I was just sitting back there thinking, I need to write some new material. I don't, I don't I'm kind of don't have a, as much to, to draw from as I would like to have. I need to grow. You need to grow. And that's a reality of, of wherever you are, from whatever, wherever you sit this afternoon, whatever age you might be, wherever you're at, you need to grow as a Christian. When we look at the, the parable of the talents, a lot of times we teach about that and the way those different individuals used or misused uh, those amounts of, of finances that they were given and, and given a stewardship of. And what we see that those individuals were each blessed, the Bible says, according to their several ability. That the Lord gave them an amount that was proportionate to the ability that they had. And we see that the individuals that used that well, their abilities increased. Growth is possible and you need to grow. You can make up your mind and say, well, I could never do this task or I could never do this job or the other or I'm just not. And the reality is, is this, that if you will focus on growth, focus on being a good steward of the blessings that you have, realizing your need for growth, that you can grow and that the ability that you have and what you can handle and what you're capable of handling will grow as well. And so I hope that you'll consider that this afternoon when we talk about um, some reasons why we need to grow. I think sometimes just thinking about the simplest uh, parts of a, an equation help us to uh, come to a conclusion about where we need to go from, from where we're at currently. So when we think about why we need to grow, John chapter 15 and verse number 8 says, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. And Jesus makes this statement, and he stated that, Fruit production was a mark of discipleship. We find another passage of Scripture uh, in Luke 13, verse number 7, where the Bible says, Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down, why cumbereth it the ground? So we have these 
instances, these statements that Christ makes, and the simple answer and the point that I want to put forth is that God wants fruit. He wants production. So why you need to grow is simple, because God wants fruit. He expects fruit. He comes to this fig tree, a fruit-bearing tree, and finds no fruit year after year after year, and he's upset. He's displeased. And he says, this tree needs to be removed. It needs, it's wasting space. We could put a tree here that would be fruitful and bring forth fruit, and this tree has none. It needs to be cut down and cast aside. It glorifies God when we bear much fruit, when we're productive. God wants fruit. We find a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 6. The Bible says there, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. And I use the New King James on that passage for the way that this is worded here because this reminds me and it it makes me think of some discussions that I have with my children. We have certain expectations of them academically. We say, you're going to perform at, at, at this certain level. That's, that's the expectation. If you want to do the extra things that you desire to do, then you have to put forth this much effort. I think back to my days of education in junior high and high school, and... I loved group work. Who doesn't like group work? And the, the most important thing about group work is being in the right group. And I wanted to be in the group with the very academic individual who made good grades all the time. And you probably know why, because I wanted to be lazy and just ride somebody else's coattails to a good grade. I mean, that was, that's the reality of what I wanted to do. You know, as in church work, we have group work, don't we? We have teamwork. We, we have a mission that's collective. We want to be part of, of that mission. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a mentality that's pretty common that we can just kind of identify with a certain group. Hey, I'm with these guys. And then, you know, whatever the group grade is at the end of the day, then that's my grade too. That's why I underline this part of this, this verse right here. He says, each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. God has work for you to do. And we have a collective work uh, that we do together, an important mission that the church has, but you have work to do in that. You have work to do as an individual in that. And so we need to focus on that and we need to remember that to motivate us that God wants fruit. In John chapter 15, and verse number 2, he says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Sometimes when we're doing church work, we get discouraged. I have this picture. I don't know how well that shows up. That's a vineyard. Uh, several of these pictures I've taken out uh, when I go out to the state of Washington. They grow a lot of fruit out there, a lot of produce. It's, it's a little different than the scenery that I'm familiar with. This is kind of more like what I grew up with here in, in this area of the world. Uh, mountainsides that are uh, actually in a desert-type climate, but they have large rivers, so they kind of have an endless supply of water to irrigate from. 
So they can grow a lot of produce. They grow a lot of fruit. There's a lot of vineyards in that area. When you look out at this vineyard, you just see a bunch of sticks. And sometimes, sometimes we feel like that's where we're at as, a, as maybe a congregation or something, where we, we have a growth spurt, and then maybe we feel like we're just kind of stripped down to a bunch of sticks. Maybe some people move off, or, or uh, maybe the younger ones go off uh, uh, to, to college or somewhere to find a job, and we see that as a source of discouragement. But I think we need to stay motivated and realize, one, he prunes the branches so that they can bring forth more fruit. This is not an unfruitful vineyard. This vineyard's not a disappointment to the person who owns it. This vineyard has been well kept and well maintained, and it's sitting there in hopes of another fruitful harvest. And so we can get discouraged and we can get down, or we can stay on task and remember that when the branch bears fruit, he prunes it so it can bring forth more fruit, and we can get back to work. And we can stay, on, stay focused and realize that God wants fruit and that's going to require me to go out day after day and to keep the weeds down and to keep the water where it needs to be and to keep the branches pruned and, and the work that he has for me to do in the vineyard. One of the challenges to growth is that the weeds are always growing. In Luke chapter 8, and verse number 7, it says, And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And... You've got a, a crop over here in my picture. I don't know, it, it's not a lot of contrast there, but some corn or some maize. And in the space in between, the ground is just completely covered in weeds. And if you're a farmer at this point in the game, you ought to be very concerned. You ought to be very alarmed because um, you're already behind the curve here. These weeds have almost come up to the height of your good crop and... They will pass your crop. They'll grow faster. They'll grow with less water. They'll grow with less sun. And uh, the things that make them weeds will cause them to prevail in this situation. We're in this world, and we're among the weeds. And if we're not growing, we'll be choked out. We better take matters seriously. It's important. And so we realize that we're trying to accomplish growth in a difficult environment, and there's challenges in that environment. In 2 Timothy 3, verse number 13, Paul tells Timothy, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. That process is not going to stop. The weeds aren't going to press pause so we can catch up because we got a little behind on the curve. And so we better stay on task, and we better focus on being productive and being fruitful, on the work that needs to get done so that we can produce growth. A couple of pictures here, different stages of the game. You've got a very newly planted young crop that's very vulnerable uh, to all of the elements and all of the exposure around it, whereas over uh, to the side, you have a crop where you have a lot better odds and a lot, lot better picture. You, At some point in this farming process, you get to, they call it a canopy, I believe, where the leaves from the, the, the opposite rows come to touch each other, and that accomplishes a lot of things. It shades the ground out. And so now the weeds are disadvantaged in those bare spots in, in the middle. And the plants, when the wind blows strong, they can lean on each other. They can shield each other. 
They can protect each other. And so there's a lot of reasons while that, that stage of the game is a lot more productive and a lot more uh, prone to bearing fruit. In Galatians chapter 6, verse number 2, he says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. You need to grow because somebody else needs you to shade their roots. Somebody else needs to be able to lean on you during tough times. Somebody else's growth is dependent on your growth. And that's why you need to grow. A lot of times we can get selfish and self-centered and we can think about just our, our own needs and we forget about the big picture that we're part of the Lord's field and His work and that there's somebody else that needs us to be at a mature state so that we can help them out during their difficult times and challenges. In Hebrews chapter 3 and verse number 13, he says, But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And so someone else needs your encouragement. Someone else needs you to be strong. Someone needs you to be spiritually discerning enough to realize that they're growing weaker and that there, there needs to be some sort of intervention, encouragement, reproof, rebuke, whatever the case might be. Somebody is going to need your help, and they're going to need your assistance. Will you be strong enough, or will you be in need of someone else's uh, assistance at that point? Another reason that it's important to think about growing and, and proper growth is that our, your roots are growing too. Um, the illustration of the tree here, we typically think about the top half of the tree, the part that we can see. And we typically don't think about the bottom half, the root system. Um, Luke chapter 8, verse number 13, he says, They on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation they fall away. Without root, what happens? We're pretty familiar with tumbleweeds in, in this part of the world, and that, that big weed that breaks off at the surface, and then it just starts rolling, and it goes wherever the wind's going to carry it. There's nothing to anchor it down anymore. And without root, that's what will happen to us. We'll be tossed about with every wind, anything that comes along. And the roots are always growing. Roots of the plant are always growing. Hebrews 6, verse number 19, he says, Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. You know, the roots are our anchor. And we need to be anchored, and we need to be anchored in the correct place. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 17, Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Your roots are growing, and your trust is growing, and it's growing in one direction or another, and, and the contrast is pointed out here. You're trusting in God or something else. If all your time is spent in pursuit of making a living, then that's where your confidence and your trust will be and your ability to provide in the bank account and all the things that come from that. And if there's not a conscious effort to be growing your roots in a spiritual direction to where your trust is in God who gives us all things richly to enjoy, to where you're increasing in faith and growing then your roots will be in the wrong place and they'll fail during difficult times. 
Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6, But without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That confidence is important. And without it, it's impossible to please God. So the one that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We talked about that this morning. Who is the Lord? He exists. What kind of God is he? He's the kind of God that rewards them that diligently seek him. What's the implication there? That this takes effort and that God expects effort and he expects production and he will reward those that produce. Hebrews 11, 1, I have the Young's literal translation, faith is of things hoped for, a confidence of matters not seen, a conviction. Confidence and conviction in God's word. Without that, it's impossible to please him. Do you go about from day to day confident and convicted in God's word? Do you show that to the world around you? Do you stand as a plant confident and convicted in God's word that other Christians can lean on, that they can look to, to shade them from the heat, to lean on when the wind blows or whatever the case might be? And remember that your roots are always growing and they need to be growing in the right direction. And that needs to be trusting God who gives us all things richly to enjoy. Growth won't happen by accident. Luke chapter 20, verse number 9, Then began he to speak to the people this parable, A certain man planted a vineyard and left it forth to husbandmen and went into a far country for a long time. And there's another picture of that country out in, in Washington and those vineyards planted on those hills. And no honest person that had any kind of integrity at all would look at that and say, it's just so beautiful how nature just lined all those plants up and those nice even rows that roll over those, those hills. We understand that somebody put a lot of work, a lot of effort into that. And in a lot of instances, those things have been around for generations. And that's the reality of the church. A certain man planted a vineyard. Christ built his church, left it forth to husbandmen, and went into a far country for a long time. So Christ appointed to his followers a kingdom. And he's gone to sit at the right hand of the Father. And he's coming back someday. The growth that has taken place hasn't happened by accident. It happened by labor, by planting, by watering, and repeating the process over and over, and God giving the increase. And so we can't skip the planting and the watering and expect to harvest, and God wants fruit. The Scripture teaches a reality that if we're not growing, then we're dying. And we learned that in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 5. He says, Beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, to patience godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we see this statement. 
if you're growing, if you're adding these things that we have underlined here, you won't be barren or unfruitful. I know that at some point in time in my study, I've looked at that as a list, write each one of those down, make sermon point out of it, and go on. I know in life I've looked at it and go, okay, I've worked on that, I've worked on that, I've worked on that. And that's not the concept that's laid out in this passage of Scripture. He says, if these things are in you and abound, if these things fill your life up so that somebody can't get close to you without becoming contaminated with these things, without getting these things on them, then you won't be barren or unfruitful. I remember Gatorade used to have a commercial, and it was, is it in you? And they were black and white commercials, and they were sweating the, the colored Gatorade out. They were in you. If these things are in you and abound, can people that are around you experience these things in your life and overflowing onto them? If they are, you won't be barren or unfruitful. And this is what he says in verse number 9. He that lacks these things is blind, cannot see afar off, and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. That's talking about the process of death. That's the reality of that. Who could forget that they were purged from their old sins? From a spiritual perspective, who could forget about that? Someone was a Christian. The most significant event this side of eternity. Who could possibly forget about that? Someone who declined spiritually and became spiritually dead again. When you think about the physical side of sight failing, memory failing, the older you get, the easier it is to see that that's what the body begins to fail. Spiritually, that can happen too without diligence, without adding, and without adding again, and, and focusing on these areas of spiritual growth. Because if we're not growing, then we're dying. What's your plan for growth? We'll look at a couple of passages as we wrap up this afternoon. Job chapter 1, verse number 5. It says, And it was so when the days of their... Feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. We look at some of the most spiritually successful individuals in the Bible and we see something that, that they had in common. They had a routine that, that didn't change. They had a diligence about their approach to God. And Job had a continual prayer life. He had a diligent prayer life and concern. And that concern, in this instance, was focused toward his children. Daniel, chapter 6, verse number 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. You know, the, the decree had gone out that, that he couldn't pray to his God anymore, essentially. And a lot of times we get caught up in the politics of the day 
And we say, what are we going to do if this law passes? Or what are we going to do if that law passes? And we have the spiritual example of one of our forefathers in the faith that shows the answer to that question. We continue with the same spiritual diligence that we all have, the same trust, the same confidence in God. That that decree changed nothing for Daniel. That law that got passed made made no significant difference in his life. Well, it it landed him in the, the den of lions, didn't it? But what changed for him? He kept doing what he'd done before. He had a plan, and that plan was successful. In Acts chapter 5, verse number 42, And daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes we'll talk about church growth and what it takes for a church to grow, and we'll begin to analyze that, and we'll talk about all the things that we need. But if we're going to summarize that in, in, a, in a quick and simple way, the church grew when day in and day out they were teaching and preaching Jesus Christ. And that hasn't changed, and it won't change. That's what will cause growth. And we need to be diligent in the teaching and the preaching of Jesus Christ, both publicly and from house to house, to labor in the vineyard so that growth can be attained. Acts chapter 16, verse number 5, And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. The context... They were out preaching the word. And that's what causes church growth. So for churches to grow, individuals have to grow, families have to grow, and those individuals and those families have to get out and they have to plant, they have to water. Where are you at in that process? Where are you at this afternoon? When we talked about the study, it's why you need to grow. Wherever you're at, however young you may be, however old you may be, You need to grow. You need to advance. You need to realize that the same process that happens to these physical bodies can happen spiritually. And if you're not growing, then you're dying. On the other hand, the Scripture says, though the outward man perish, inward man can be renewed day by day. So if we're doing the things that we ought to be doing, then that spiritual decline, that spiritual decay, that coming to the point where we've forgotten that we've been purged from our old sins, won't be an issue. And so I encourage you to think about why it's so important that we need to grow and to make application of that so that you'll grow as a Christian. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.